welcome to the second season of our Triune Pod. We are still preparing you to praise. Join me, the Reverend Nick Comiskey, and the Reverend Bendy Hart for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the Psalms. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. So Ben, I was at a conference this week and I have a question for you as we get started on the pod today. This is very much inside baseball, pastor language, but whatever, man, that's what we do. What is one thing you wish you would have learned in seminary or one thing that you know now that you think would be very helpful to know for someone that's in seminary? Another way of saying, what's one thing you've learned as a pastor that's been surprising to you over the last 10 years? So many things and not much at the same time. I don't feel like I've learned much at all, which is pretty sad. It's been like 10 years. That's falsely humble. Come on. There has to be Uh, something. I mean, I think I wish I would have learned the very thing I poo-pooed at the time. Management, leadership, the fact that you're a mini CEO. I think at the time I was pretty cynical about that. Mm. I still love Eugene Peterson's like pastor first, pastor primary, but I think I was pastor only. Yeah. I mean, I think- there's nothing like learning on the job, nothing like experience, but I wish I would have paid attention a little bit more. That said, I'm going through a fresh start, which is new priests and every diocese have to go through this. And we're learning all about adaptive leadership. I feel like adaptive leadership is all the rage in Episcopal circles. It's all we talk about. And I don't even think it's that great a model. <laughs> that said, I feel the same way I did in seminary, where I just kind of space out after about 15 seconds. Totally. I don't find it all that useful. So totally. maybe the very thing I want, I'll just have to get by the 20th year I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. That That kind of came up in one of the sessions of this conference. And they're talking about the need for more courses. And and it's like, yeah, I I feel the same exact way you do, but I don't want to take that course now. You know, like there's some things that just can't be taught in a classroom, I don't think. Yeah, and I think that the things I've learned the most from are like those 15-minute podcasts or YouTube videos or, you know, go to the best possible TED Talk, plug that into Google on management and you'll hear things You'll disagree with it, but you'll learn something. I don't think 13 three-hour sessions are really going to be all that helpful. It's going to be actually being in the trenches. Yeah. Do you like being around other pastors or do you like- <laughs> I thought being, you were going to say other people. <laughs> do you like being in those like seminary type environments where like everything is around church and church life and ministry stuff? Well, I think my answer will betray the AA adage, if you spot it, you've got it. But no, I don't really like it that much. I think I think sometimes I do when it's people I trust. But a lot of times when I go into those environments, I feel like I'm surrounded by know-it-alls or people who are posturing. And so there's not much chill, not much vulnerability. Uh, but yeah. again, that probably says more about me. That said, I'm not, I don't want to be too hard on myself either. Cause I think that's also been my experience. Do what? you like it? Oh, just being around. It seems like it's more of a bragging contest in some ways. Bragging. It's t- lying about how many people go to your church. It's 
talking about how right you are theologically or on the flip side, all the things that our church is doing to save the world, it doesn't feel very human. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure. It's great. Well, what do you think we great need content. to do for, for season three, Nick? We've, <laughs> we've done a year of the Psalms. We've done spirituality with the collect of the day. We've looked at the scriptures and the Psalms. I think we got to move to theology. I think we got to <laughs> let them know what we know. Yeah, man. So for season three of OTP, we're going to dig deep into the 39 articles. 39 articles being the original kind of theological confession of the Church of England. It distills Anglican theology in a not particularly concise way, but a lot more concise than other confessions of faith. So yeah, let's let's speak to the listener who doesn't care at all about that. Why would they want to listen to something like this? I think the Therian articles will be a on-ramp to us having cool conversations, hopefully cool conversations about fundamental things of the Christian faith, what the Bible is, why Jesus had to die, and what communion is, what the church is or could be, you know, stuff like that. So hopefully it will be some interesting kind of fundamental conversations about the faith. Yeah. They're Catholic, they're Protestant. They're maybe proto-charismatic. Not so sure about the last one, but we'll probably read that into it. It'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, why not? It's It seems like getting back to the formularies is all the rage. I mean, I don't know if all of you guys are on the Twitter game like I am, but Seminary Street Press is bringing all the formularies back. So we're just trying to be on the cutting edge. And just like what I said a second ago, show everyone how smart we are, how with it we can be. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. God forbid. All right, man. <laughs> so we're going to close out the Psalms with a banger. Psalm 46 goes like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be toppled into the depths of the sea, though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble at its tumult. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be overthrown. God shall help her at the break of day. The nations make much ado and the kingdoms are shaken. God has spoken and the earth shall melt away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now and look upon the works of the Lord. What awesome things he has done on earth. It is he who makes war cease in all the world. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still then and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. This hymn is all about refuge. The Lord of hosts, the Lord God of the angel armies, the divine warrior as a refuge. Early on in the chapter, it talks about the cosmos the sea. It talks about how history is all up in the air. And to the ancients, the sea is a symbol for chaos. It's something we can't control. It could undo us, but we don't have to be afraid of these things that make us insecure because we have a refuge. And later on in verse seven, it moves on to talk about Jerusalem. This is one of the songs of Zion. It's talking about the importance and meaning of Jerusalem for the people of God. And while the cosmos, the sea might be insecure, Jerusalem is secure because God is present there. Yeah. I mean, I think that the way that the psalm is structured by that refrain, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. So whether it's 
the dissolution of the cosmos, whether it's political, military, shaking, war all over the world, regardless, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. It's a powerful psalm. And then we've got those famous verses. It is he who makes war to cease in all the world. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. So this divine warrior is the same one who is going to, in the words of other parts of scripture, beat all of these things into plowshares. And we can be still in this confidence. We can be secure and know that he is God and not just God in Israel, but among the nations. He is the God of the seas. This God, the God of Jacob is our stronghold. So it really is. I mean, it's a very comforting psalm in the midst of all of these scary things. So Nick, what would be the equivalent of the seas for us today? What do we need God to tame? Where do we need God as our refuge? The internet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can think in that way cosmologically. Um, I mean, I do think much more personally about my life and in some ways, emails and Tech message notifications is the constant din of noise and things that are requiring responses. So that is like as 21st century of an answer as you could imagine. But that is kind of where my head goes, frankly. You've got your email, you've got text. And I found that a lot of my parishioners reach out to me via Facebook Messenger. And I don't even, I don't even get those. So I'll see those, you know, a week late and then I'll get like a second message being like, oh, hey, did you see this? And they're being very nice about it. But I, just to back up your point, it's like, man, I can't even keep up with all my calls, emails, let alone texts. And then you have all this other things. So it's, it's kind of this onslaught, probably not what this Psalm is referring to, but hey, let's no. spiritualize it. Let's make it personal. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I think the fragility of our lives, there's um, some one of my mentors used to say, we're all just one phone call away from our world completely falling apart. Right. And so the way that our entire lives can change because someone runs a red light on our way home or someone contracts an illness or, you know, you get that diagnosis. I think the, the kind of underlying fragility of our lives, you know, the seas might be very calm but a squall can arise out of the middle of nowhere and completely capsize you. So that the idea that God is a refuge when things are shaking, it might not always seem like things are shaking, but the things can shake very, very quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this, this Sunday is Christ the King Sunday, which is the last Sunday of the year, but the next Sunday is that first Sunday of Advent. The next couple of Sundays, we're going to see a lot of texts like that, where all the shit is hitting the fan. Everything is falling from beneath our feet. But the Lord is the one who's secure and we are in him. And so it's not this kind of blind optimism. It's not a sentimentality. It's looking the darkness in the face and saying that we have hope because our God is a mighty fortress and he's mm. ours. Thanks, Martin Luther. Yeah, man. What do you what do you make of the uh, the river imagery? You know, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Yeah, there's I mean, that is interesting because. In the scriptures, the sea is often referred to as this scary thing, this chaotic thing. It's not just the scriptures, it's equivalent ancient Near East literature. But the rivers, there's a different connotation. The river gives life. Just think of the uh, Mesopotamia, the rivers in the garden. And the ancients know that the Nile gives life. So the river, this is the thing that gives life to the city of God. Yeah, yeah. In Revelation 21, you know, the river from the throne that brings healing to the nations. 
yeah, just a lot of great stuff in this psalm. It's pretty rich. Great way to end is to be overwhelmed by the word of God. Yeah. Amen. And to be still, you know, that like oftentimes contextless verse, be still then and know that I am God is in the middle of this cataclysm. You know, things are shaking, there's war, the sea is raging, there's tumult. And the call to be still is the call to be still and know in the midst of everything you know about the world disintegrating. Kind of reminds me of the stories about Thomas Aquinas. He's written his poems on theology and then has this experience of encountering the risen Christ and then says, I can write no more. In other words, I've got to be still and know that he is God. Mm, It's beautiful. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be toppled into the depths of the sea. Though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble at its tumult, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be overthrown. God shall help her at the break of day. The nations make much ado, and the kingdoms are shaken. God has spoken, and the earth shall melt away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now and look upon the works of the Lord. What awesome things he has done on earth. It is he who makes war to cease in all the world. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still then and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.